Welcome to MM Plays. What is MM Plays? MM Plays or MM Plays is two things. First is everything the Mr. Rectomark podcast has been over the years GMing, gaming, and game design advice. We're still going to provide that kind of content with our definitions, our insights, and our off color and silly humor. The only difference will be how it relates to the second part, which is playing games. That's right, we're going to play some games that you can hear. We often talk about the games we play, but you, as the listener, we're only getting our accounts of what happened. Now we're going to let you hear what we're doing at the game table so that when we talk about it, you can have a better understanding of what we're actually talking about. So yeah, there'll be an actual play component to the show. I'll be editing it to cut out a lot of the unnecessary stuff, but you'll hear us use the mechanics, talk about them while we're playing, and also enjoy a story crafted from the game we're playing. So let's pick up those dice and get on with this thing. Misdirected Mark Productions presents MM Plays, our exploratory play series expanded. Hey, it's Old Man Logan, and I'm one of the players. Hi, this is Jerry. I'm one of the players. It's Chris over here. I'm playing this game, too. And that leaves me, Phil. I'm your game master for the first round of MM Plays. Oh, we're so screwed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) As you know, for the game that we're playing, I actually roll pretty good in this game. Do they know? Oh, yeah, we do. The the people don't know. We about to introduce it. Go ahead. (laughs) Phil, what game are we playing? Yeah, we are playing, and this should come to no surprise as anybody who was listening to Misdirected Mark, uh, we're going to start out by playing Cortex Prime. Woo! Cortex Oops. Prime was designed by Cam Banks and published by Fandom in 2020, and recently that was all acquired by Direwolf. The game is a distillation of Cam's other Cortex games, including games like Smallville, Leverage, Hello, Leverage. and uh, Marvel Heroic Roleplaying. We'll be playing that later at some okay. point. The system itself is generic, but the rules come with several pre-made settings that you can use. Plus, if you want to play one of those older games, there's a bunch. It tells you how to use the game to play those older games. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, we'll be getting into the mechanics of Cortex in later episodes. We'll get into some real detail about that. But for the most part, this is a rolling keep dice pool where you'll be assembling a pool of dice. You'll be rolling them, keeping two dice. And in some cases, you'll be putting an extra die aside for a level of effect. Cortex Prime is not a single generic system like Fate or Savage Worlds. So what I mean by that is like Savage Worlds is a generic system that has a like set skill list, a set set of attributes, things like that. Fate has similar. Of course, you can customize the skill list, but it's still pretty much one set of rules. So then what is Cortex Prime? (laughs) Yeah, so Cortex Prime has a really thin core system. There's only a handful of rules about it, and it's functional but I wouldn't call it completely interesting. Like I would not play the fully distilled version of Cortex Prime. So then how do we make the game more interesting, Phil? So this is the cool part. What Cam did was built these rule packages called mods. You add them in to different parts of the game to build up the game. And this not only extends through the rules of the game, this actually extends to character creation where you pick what are called prime sets to define what the characters will be based on. That's fascinating. Yeah. So I it, think it is. I hope everybody else oh, it thinks is. it's fascinating. Oh, yeah. yeah. What we're going to find out as we get into Cortex Prime is that we are actually going to have to build our game. Yes. That is an actual step where we're going to have to build the game before we can play the game. Okay. Uh, and before we can build the game, we have to get into our first phase. What's our first phase, Phil? We're going to start tonight by determining the genres that are going to make up our setting. And then we're going to build out the high-level concept for our setting. And we'll use part of the Cortex Prime book for this. We'll use some other stuff that I have to put that together. Then in the follow-up episode, we're going to pick our mods. So we'll pick through the mod list of mods that we would like in the game, as well as we'll pick our prime sets to define how our characters are going to be built. And then finally, we'll do a formal session zero where we will also build characters. And then... We'll go play the game. We will see how much of that actually makes it to episodes, which will probably be more than you think, but not nearly as much as you believe. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine that the picking of the mods won't be exceptionally exciting. There may be a summary of what we chose. But the session zero, we probably we can do. Yeah, because then we can talk about session zero. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is how you do session zero. That's the process. So here we go. We're going to start focusing on what setting are we playing? Yeah, what setting are we Because we actually don't know, and we purposely, off mics, did not pick one. Correct. Uh, And we are not going to use one of the canned ones. We are going to build our own because we thought that would be a fun exercise for people to hear. So we're going to do a little bit of Cortex tonight and we're going to do some brainstorming and collaboration. Out of that, hopefully we'll pull something out for a uh, upcoming episode. What we are talking about, you would find in chapter five of the Cortex Prime book called Prime Settings. This chapter is actually pretty thin. 
in terms of what we're doing, the bulk of that chapter is the published settings. But in the beginning, it talks about how to build your own setting for a game that's basically called Pick 3 and Add Cortex. So we are going to pick three genres. And from that, we are going to sit here and come up with uh, what is the setting like? What do the characters do? That kind of stuff. I think the takeaway from this will be I will put together, I'm going to be jotting notes down. And from that, I will make a high-level setting document, probably a few pages, and we'll put that out for our patrons. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yes, we will. It'll be for the uh, $4 patrons. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of safety, this will be a mix of safety and editing. We'll be using the X card tonight. I'm drawing a giant X on a piece of paper. I also have one on the table, but with all our gear, none of you will reach it. Jerry can reach the one that I have. And I'm putting (laughs) it over here so that me and Bob can reach it. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll be using the X card tonight as a safety tool, but we'll also be using it as a content editing tool, kind of like for the queen. For the queen. For the queen deploys an X card for the same purpose. Ah. So if as we go through tonight, when we are picking genres or we are building out our setting, if there is a thing that you do not like, just not interested in it, doesn't even have to be anything triggering. It can just simply be, I'm not interested in doing that. Feel free to exit. Okay. If we exit out, we'll pull it off the list. I'll scratch it off and uh, we'll just move on. No justification required. Rock and roll. Makes sense. All right, so before we pick our genres, I want to just get from you guys some high-level tone and feel. What would you like in just general tone? Because that's going to also help kind of color our genres for this game. Honestly, I feel like I don't have a good answer for that until I know what the genres yeah. are. Me, me too. I'm actually like excited to see to where this goes first. I'm shocked that you even say that. Yeah. Why? Because you yourself have several tones that you don't like in games at all. That's true, but we're doing this like this, so I might actually want to play some of those things. Okay, that's fair. And I, so let me bring this up because Chris and I have played games many, many years. And so I know some things about my players. I know things about Bob and Jerry as well. And I know that Chris tends to prefer to play heroic characters, good guy settings, and pulpy, actiony kind of things. If those aren't things you want to like talk about in lockdown at this point, I'm fine with that. I was opening it up in case we wanted to set some initial high level parameters for our game. I mean, if I have to pick a thing, I, you don't have I would, to. You know, not if I have to. If I if I was going to be like at this point pushed to like choose a thing, I would say that I definitely want to be the good guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I, not pushing at anything. I will I will run literally anything you guys ask me to run at this point. And we can talk about this and I will come back to this tone and feel after we do genres yeah. to revisit it with you. But if you had any early ones. It was just we could put them in our, in our, you know, in the foremind. I'm not necessarily opposed to having difficult things pushed on me, but I don't want to be made to feel like a choice that I made that didn't seem very difficult makes me out to be a bad person in the setting. Now, if the setting comes after me, that's a different thing, but I'm not really interested in that Shades of Grey thing. Like, I don't want to play Wolverine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, I, again. I'd rather play Captain America. Yeah. I, I also wouldn't mind playing Iron Man, whose, whose choices are... Uh, Flawed well, but cleared? flawed but cleared right like he makes choices for real reasons sure even if they're wrong in a similar vein like i don't want to be a bad guy now we're getting somewhere yeah i mean that's that's fine that's about as deep into tone that i want to get before we actually have a genre as somebody who will play some pretty dark shit i I appreciate like setting these early i I don't want to play cartel yeah yeah that's fine that's what that's what i'm asking right we don't want to be like space gangsters i respect jerry I'm on board the same thing. I, I do enjoy playing the good guys. I don't like playing evil characters. Yeah, that's fine. I'm actually bad at it. So with a little bit of tone and feel, you guys want to go good guys, not bad guys. Totally respect that. And again, not a thing I have a problem with. And also kind of had a hint about. Let's talk about genres. So we're going to do the pick three and add cortex. We need some genres. I have from our previous episode, our Misdirected Mark episode 487 on genre blending. I grabbed the random list of genres, which... For that episode, I had built it from the list from the Cortex book. So it's now coming back full circle. It is back here. I will even tell you, you can pick a genre off this list. This is only for suggestion. What we need to come away with in the step is three genres. I like the idea of randomizing it. I want to play modern fantasy. Any? Shocked I am. Shocked, shocked by this. Shocked. So we're talking like an urban fantasy, yeah. modern fantasy. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking I about. I have no problem with that. I will even specify it that it doesn't have to be our world, but it has to feel like this time period. Sure. Okay. I like modern fantasy. I'm going to ask you guys, we're going to dig into each one a little more, but starting with modern fantasy, I'm down. If we're going to do modern fantasy, I'd actually prefer it to be our world. I've never played a good modern fantasy. I'm into that. I'm super into that. I just don't want to constrain everybody. I played one. Now I'm going to go with the Ken. I'm going to go with the Ken height rule, right? It's hell of a lot easier. Hell of a lot easier. Hell of a lot easier. I think we randomize at least one of these just to see if we come up with something that makes us twist our brains around. All right. 
Nine. Swashbuckling. Okay. Swashbuckling, modern, modern fantasy. fantasy. Okay. Everybody okay with swashbuckling? Yes. That sounds good. I can do that. Okay. okay. What's okay. our third one? Do you want to randomize again, or do you just want to pick one that we think would go let's, good with let's those Let's randomize two? again. Six. That spy is spy thriller. thriller. Yes. These all seem fine with me. Modern Swashbuckling, modern, modern fantasy, fantasy, spy thriller. I mean, it's essentially James Bond with magic, right? Can I... Um, yes. I have no problem with spy thriller, but... I have run a couple things lately that have been spy yeah, thriller. I mean, you want to switch that? Switch okay. it. Yeah, roll something else. Roll, roll something else, and let's just see if it's better than spy thriller. Twelve military. Mm. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> All right, one more time, just for giggles. Sure. Tree hard, hard sci-fi. sci-fi. Eh. Nah. What, why, why was spy thriller is good. What about what about if we went modern fantasy? What was Swash, the other one? Swashbuckling western. Well, then it's not really modern. I got it because we're. Gonna I mean, to western some... western is a can be a tone. As well, yeah, it's, it's really hard. I would do that as a novel, not necessarily try to force four people to try to play those tones. That'd be tricky. I, I'm actually, I, Ooh, don't go, get me wrong. We go romance. Or high, just high school. High school? High school. Yeah. High school, modern fantasy. I'm swashbuckling. All right. All right. I like. What do you think? It's like Troll Hunters, man. Do we? Yeah, there we I'm go. On, I'm on board for that. Okay. All right. I didn't even intend the high school thing. No, but that works perfectly. Now we're having fun. It's one of the options. Cool. All right, so good. So uh, just as by way of example, a couple good ways that we compromised and just some good communication. And just for background for people, when I had said uh, I've been running some spy thriller stuff, one, I'm wrapping a year-long Night's Black Agents campaign with Jerry, Bob, and and one group. And two, Senda and I are playing a spy game for uh, Long Live the Queen. Which is also very yes. swashbuckly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's actually more kissy than swashbuckly. It, okay. It's kissy it, spy, spy, isn't it? Our, it's our, our, it's our really smutty, actually. It's smutty with a, with a hint of spy thriller. Oh, it's got spy <laughs> stuff, but it's like instead of swords, like people just sleep with each other. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and it's cool. Like, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'm All just right. not playing that with you guys. So cool. So now that we've talked about those, I would actually like to take a minute and I'd like to break these out a little because I want to hear what everybody thinks are kind of the tropes, themes, and things like that, so that as we're talking about building up our setting, we'll be able to pull those in. Because modern fantasy has a lot of, like, it's pretty broad. Let's just talk about what do we think goes into modern fantasy? Are we going, what do you think goes into it? Or what would you like to? Oh, I'm sorry. What would you like? That's a better way to put it. Because there's there's some choices for modern fantasy. Yeah. One, does everybody know about yes, magic? Yes, thank you. That would be the mm-hmm. uh-huh. or is it something or is it hidden only, world? Is it hidden world? I yeah. want to do the hidden world. That's me. I H- hidden world has a has has a lot of appeal to it. So it's especially high school hidden world sounds like a blast. Okay, so and that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. You guys, what do you guys think? I when think it's you say yeah, when you say high school hidden world, is it hidden world and these high schoolers know about it, or is the high school part of the hidden world? No, the high schoolers get in, involved in the hidden okay. world. In we'll some way, we'll get into that when we start mixing okay. these together, but. That's my. That's I'm my also thought. a fan of Hidden World. In fact, I think you guys know me. Hidden World is actually one of my favorite kind of subgenres of mm, a number of things. Yeah. Okay, so Hidden World. Let me ask you, how prevalent is this Hidden World? For instance, is the homeless guy under the bridge really a troll? They see him as a homeless guy, but he's really a troll. Or do the fantasy dozens of this world hide? I like the idea that they're like a part of our world, but we don't notice them. That's, yeah. that's me. Does anybody have a strong feeling about that? Well, I like that idea. The yeah. idea that the idea that some people can see and some people can't. Yeah, I can I can dig it. It opens right. up a lot of stuff too, I'm, where like people people you you have the the classic, you know, they think this person needs counseling because he says he sees something, you know, hanging out under the bridge and everybody else is like, No, it's just a you know, whatever. It's it's something mundane. But, it, but I saw it, you know. I mean kinda like Hellboy. Some of the problem with this is like me and Bob are like gigantic Harry Dresden fans. Yeah. So like some of that will bleed over. There will but be some like, bleed from the but Dresden like the fans. troll hunter stuff is really good troll too, Hunters and we're all very yeah. versed in that, and a bunch of us are very versed in that, and there's there's a bunch of other like Daniel Spellbound's a thing that's on Netflix right now that's pretty pretty impactful on on me as far as what we're talking about. So I'm just gonna keep asking some questions mm-hmm. about modern fantasy. Uh, let's talk about magic. Yes, there's magic. So first of all, let's go with yes, there's magic. Oh yes. So it's not just creatures. Correct. It's yes, yes there's magic. Yes, there's magic and there's creatures. I think that's because there is modern fantasy, but there's no creatures. I like okay, yes, magic, yes, creatures. I would like to see creatures as well. I think the magic is built into sword fighting styles because it's swashbuckling. Swashbuckling works. Interestingly enough, I just started watching Lockwood & Co. on Netflix. Yeah? And it's ghost hunting. Oh, yeah. But they use swords. I'm going to watch that. Because they're iron swords and the iron has an effect cold on ghosts. Iron, cold iron. Of, yeah. That kind of trope. I just like the idea of carrying around a magic sword and fighting with it and casting spells through it. Yes, please. So magic built into uh, sword fighting. 
uh, which is cool because it actually then makes magic kind of harder in other locations because, and we'll get into this as we get into the fine parts of this setting, mm-hmm. but it'll get harder because you can't just pull out a sword everywhere. Correct. To cast yes. a spell. Yes. Okay. We might talk about things where there's other, like two types of magic, that kind of thing. But anyway, all right. So we want magic. We want creatures. We want a world that if you were able to see it, you would actually see creatures in more places in terms of the world. I'm thinking like men in black where there's like, the guy who owns the pawn shop, yeah. he's an alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that guy at the post office, like, though all it turns out everybody at the post yeah, office is all aliens. Dude, you're sitting right in the same space as me. Like, yep. I, I was, I mentioned Daniel Spellbound. There's a, there's a witch that owns, like, the local bakery. Yeah. And she's not a nice person. She's, like, a local crime boss, too. Like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. There's, like, a bar that's just filled with all sorts of magical people. I think we're dialing in on what yes. we want for modern fantasy. And, of course, then modern meaning everything else that's current to this world. Yeah. And feel free to like kitchen sink it if you want, like with like the mythologies and things like that, whatever you want to throw in there, just put the spin on it to make them fit inside of the modern world. I haven't feel yet for mm-hmm. if we're going with mythologies or we're going to make something up, but we'll get there. I mean, I like the idea that all the mythologies yeah. exist, but they're not what people think they were. Yeah, they're, they're like a little bit of a twist the on The unreliable narrator whatever, syndrome. Whatever I've, Phil wants to tell, yeah. Phil wants to twist it. Yeah. I've always liked the idea that like Hercules, Thor, Gilgamesh were all the same guy. He's just been around a really long time. Huh. That yeah. sort of thing. People misinterpreted it because they saw something. Yeah, that's an things. interesting trope where yeah. the, the the same the same person gets called by multiple different mm-hmm. names. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm most fascinated and interested in this is because I don't know how much modern fantasy you feel like you've like consumed over your life, but your take on it will be very different from anything me and Bob and Jerry will probably be expecting. And that will be very yeah, fun, be very for, fun us. for us. Well, yeah. I mean, for good, I mean, good or bad, right? I haven't read any Dresden, so I'm kind of washed free of that. So anything yeah. that comes up where you guys are like, boy, that's Dresden-like, mm-hmm. will wind up being a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do have some modern fantasy background because uh, many, many years ago, Bob and I played in a modern fantasy game, Witchcraft, Yep. where mm-hmm. we did a lot of the things that we're talking about were present in that game. So I'm not unfamiliar with the genre yeah. but i am pretty clean yeah. in terms of yeah um, no preconceived notions really coming in not a lot heads kind of i mean i know i understand the genre heads kind of empty good good all right cool let's talk about swashbuckling for me this one's a not a bit of an outlier but it's the one that we're gonna have to like why is it here kind uh, of thing that's why i said the sword fighting is, yeah it's one of the primary magic yeah, we've got the sword things. fighting for part yep. of the magic thing where you can like channel magic through your sword that is really cool i like that i kind of want to um, be part of the kendo club swashbuckling also to me can mean a lot of high action thank you you know swinging from the chandeliers well that puts us straight in the realm of pulpy right i mean there's, why, there's a lot of overlap swashbuckling yeah. doesn't wind up being yeah what might be pulpy as well mm-hmm. i don't that, think it's gonna hurt anyone at that, the table that wink, means wink. something that means something for our characters then that they're probably gonna be pretty tough like, we'll be able to take a beating and keep on kicking. Uh, good point. When somebody gets, you know, flung 20 feet into a wall, it's probably not going to kill them. Sure. Or hurt them that badly. Like yeah, so we're not, we're, we're not going to be gritty, right? So yeah. definitely not gritty. It also sounds to me that solving a lot of problems will result in swords out battles and things like that. I mean, that's the swashbuckling part, right? The other thing is the high school part. So, like, well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. All yep. Right. What are your yeah. thoughts here? And so my thought was that fights breaking on the drop of a hat are not unusual. Think of uh, Cobra Kai, where... Nobody thinks it's unusual. Yep. These people are fighting all over the place. It's part of the trope of the universe that people just kind of accept this way kids resolve their Is fights. there a new dueling club in town? There's people fighting with swords all over the place. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's it's mostly good until they exceed a limit, yes. right? Which would be the same thing for modern fantasy. It's mostly good until the... Until it spills into the real world. Exactly. Yeah. The school fight had outcomes. You know, what's-his-face went to jail. Tori was, you know, in trouble, that kind of thing. When I think swashbuckling, I not only think high action, but I also think of interesting and perilous places for action we should be fighting on highway overpasses on the rooftop of the school yes mm-hmm. okay for some reason there's like a there's like a greenhouse club and we're fighting on the glass greenhouse on top of it yes one wrong step you go through. through yes there's, there's a there's a big forest nearby so you can fight from limb to limb that kind of stuff uh-huh. yeah. also like you know there's probably like other pseudo dimensions not too uh, far from where we're at so you know we sure. step into the, like the feywild or whatever yeah, yep. well, we're going to talk about we'll talk about that as we start to now yeah. we'll blend we're in just a fairy. We'll blend in yeah. just a, a moment. Yeah, we don't want to. I don't want to get a call from wizards. Anything else you want to know about swashbuckling? No, nah, I think I'm good on swashbuckling. Let's talk about high school. Can, can we just like set this <clears throat> firmly in the idea of like 16 candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that kind of high school? So those kids were all dealing with high school problems that seem bigger than life, even though they're not really that big of a deal. Oh yeah, no, no. We have to have we have to have high school problems. Who's asking who to prom? 
could trigger like a series of duels throughout mm-hmm. the school. The or, bully wants to beat you up at three o'clock after the bell. Problems with your parents, things like that too, yeah. because yep. that's what uh, Camden had. You just don't understand kids. Yep. Also, mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller might as well be a swashbuckling character. He's definitely a rogue. He's definitely a He's bully. roguish, right? Yeah. He's very roguish. Jerry thinks I mean, he bounces too. the chase. The, the, the sequence was trying to get home. Like, it yeah. might as well be a oh, swashbuckling scene, that. right? Like, he it. bounces <laughs> on a trampoline, you know? Yeah. Things like that. Okay, so that's fair. Okay, so we're going to have high school and teen problems mm-hmm. mixed into this. So high school implies that your characters are minors. Yes. Can we get some alcohol for the local party? Yeah, I didn't say you had to be good minors, right? I mean, we're good guys. Is that really like being bad? Well, let's, so let's, like, that's, so that's let's like bracket, social, social. Let, let's bracket our ages, right? We're probably playing like 16 to 18 on these I characters. Like to, I would like to be like a, a junior or senior in high school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's call it 17 to 18. They're pretty much adults. And <clears throat> they're also not running around punting like, you know, 14 year olds. Well, I would dispute yeah. the fact that they're pretty much adults. Yeah. Because, yeah you know, pro- probably 16. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, yeah. 16. I'm going to say like, if we see anybody punting a 14 year old, we're going to stop them. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Are we going to have part-time jobs? Do we just have school stuff? Do we have after-school activities? I mean, somebody might have a part-time okay. job. Yeah, that would make sense. I think those things are all on the table, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. All on the table. Mm-hmm. The other part of high school, and I need to know, this will be just kind of a gauge thing I need to know, is how much trouble are you in when you don't go? What if you have to, like, slip into a pocket realm to duel somebody during English class, is that a serious problem? Is that like the show doesn't really pay attention to attendance, like that kind of thing? How much of high school is going to be part of the game? That's a dial I need to kind of know how to adjust. Uh, if I could use a pop culture reference for this, I think it's the same level of trouble as the Power Rangers movie, the most recent one. Yeah, okay. So like, like, because that is essentially what we're talking. So about. when it's interesting, I could get you in trouble with it. And like hitches might result in like <clears throat> attendance problems. Yes. But sometimes not really. Yeah. Like, like we can figure it out. I mean, we're like juniors and seniors, right? We might have senior tracks and things like yeah. that. I think that's a thing these days. Oh yeah. Yeah. Free period. I had free periods. Yeah. So school is going to be moderately important when it's interesting. Yeah. I will drag the consequences of school. Like school will always be a background, but like mm-hmm. if you lose a fight or if you roll some botches and I want to like, you know, Put some pressure on you. Like, I'm going to give you, like, some after-school yeah, attention or I, I, something like, like that. Like, like I said, like, the Power Rangers, like, Buffy's another great example for how school mattered. Yeah, when it mattered and then when it didn't. Yeah. So now, having kind of delved into some of what the genres mean to us, which is good because we need to have that common frame of reference when we say something like modern fantasy, those kinds of things. This next section I want to do is kind of kind of be a little mishmash here. We're going to start to combine the genres, but at the same time, I want to start thinking about this as a setting, like how it works, how it came to be, what kind of world it is. Like I I can kind of see bits and pieces of it. And this is very much a fill process. I like to build a logical construct to the world. And then that's how I build everything off of what we're doing. The high school thing is the age and where you are in life. The swashbuckling piece we've talked about is going to be an expression of magic. This puts uh, modern fantasy as kind of our main genre. Yes. And then we're going to blend these other two into the main genre. Looking at that, let me ask you a few questions. Were magic people always here on Earth or did magic people come to Earth? I think they were always here on Earth. That's me, though. I'm good with that. I, I, I like that idea. It's been around for a long time. Which is why it's so integrated into society. So magic people were always here. Throughout the history of, of the Earth, there has always been creatures and magic, expressions of magic, different types of fantasy creatures and things like that. But over time, people learned to not see them or something happened. I think the creatures figured out that the magical community figured out to not be seen because of things like the Salem witch trials and the witch hunts and the The Inquisition, Inquisition, things like that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Events like those led them to go, we we need to kind of go underground. There just happens to be more human beings on the planet with more ways to see, more ways to see what's going on around them and communicate with each other, that it's now become dangerous for the magic community to be out there amongst people. Mm -hmm. Teasing that out. There is a thing that humans discovering the magical world can be, is a dangerous thing. Yes. That implies that there are things like hunters and there are organizations that may be attempting to find magical people. In my head, I mean, somebody could tell me I'm wrong because we're just spitballing stuff, right? That there's probably an organization of humans who know magic that are like, try to keep the peace because they're also magical people. Oh, okay. Let me add to that piece. The largest group is humans who have no idea there's magic. There is a magical community and we'll get into how fractured or cohesive that community is. 
in a second. And then there is some sort of pact treaty, something where a group of magical humans and a group of uh, members of the magical community kind of came together and were like, hey, this is how we're all going to coexist and we'll keep this intact, which implies that there are some rules. Like, I think that's cool. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Like you are not allowed to like light up a spell in the middle of a mall or on a TV broadcast. This reminds me a little bit of Nightwatch and Daywatch. Yeah, man. That's yeah. totally a thing. Yeah. And it's totally a Dresden thing. Obviously, it is a Dresden the, thing. The, the, the Accords and sort of kind of. Yeah, yeah. The Accords. I like that. And there's probably going to be members of the magical community that are always trying to find ways to skirt the rules. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's yeah. a big trope in modern fantasy. Oh, yeah. What we're talking There's got to be yeah. some ne'er-do-wells that are always yeah. trying to, you know. But I, but I also like the idea of a group that knows about the magical community and doesn't like it. Yeah, I mean, the Harry Potter universe works on the same premise, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't we're not we're breaking, minting anything. We're, no, we're not breaking no, we're not, any ground no, here. We're not breaking any ground. No. But it will give us some pieces of things to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's mostly so, how we execute on this little, this little group between these two larger groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some rules. Mm-hmm. All right. So there'll be some sort of um, rules or veil and some level of enforcement. Magic cops. And cover up. And cover up. Yeah. And cover up. And that means there's probably an organization on the human side that is like looking for it too. Yeah. That's what I meant. But there's probably a group like that also. Yeah. yeah. There are probably several different human groups that are difficult to deal with. Yeah. Probably. And the bedraggled dude on the street corner going, they're covering it up, man. Not it's that, everywhere. Not that we need to use all that stuff. In a moment after we build kind of the larger... Uh, and this is a thing I do like to do <clears throat> after we build kind of in large brush strokes, the world, I will narrow us down to like, where do you fit in this world? Because as high school students, there'll be some pieces of this, but also as high school students, maintaining the veil is probably harder for you guys because you're impulsive mm-hmm. and you're teens. So that's how these things kind of blend together is that like adults can, you know, manage this stuff for the most part. But your teens and your newly manifested powers, your, you know, heritages or whatever now have all come to mix with you know hormones and things like that and now it's you know it's a lot harder i think i think that's the thing too for like magic people are born into it they don't just learn it right like you have to have a gift for it otherwise you don't become part of that magical community so bloodlines bloodlines or like like sometimes it just manifests in a a person a little a little mutant x gene like i suppose intermingling with some spontaneous maybe not the maybe not like how how it manifests as in like a terrible traumatic experience Maybe all of the magical humans actually have a little bit of non-magical blood in them, even if it goes back a long, long way. You've all been here since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. I want to avoid the trope, I think, of humans are inherently bad. It's not that they're bad. It's that they fear what they don't understand. Sure. Magic would scare the, be- Correct. the bejesus yeah. out of them. And crowds of humans who have this bejesus scared out of them act poorly. Correct. Okay. Uh, that's, not, that's not bad. That's just... It'll human, cause panic. That's It'll human cause, nature. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the line for men in black? A person is smart. People are dumb. Yeah. Yes. We've got some preliminary groups. Yep. So we'll have some obvious human groups that have some hints that there are things that are magic that are trying to figure it out. We're going to have some group, whether it's all human or a mix of of human and magical people who are the people who kind of maintain the secret. Mm-hmm. That includes cover-ups, cleanups, things like that, investigations of... Yeah, and that, that is a mixture of, of human beings that are magical and the magical community yeah, that is not a, human. Yeah, that's a working yeah. together kind of thing i love that concept by the way that those two groups work together in concert so you can have a bunch of places like the headquarters that has all these interesting magical folks around let me posit this there's a reason why the humans are interested in making this deal right logically there's a reason why the humans are in it for it and is because the planet can't function without magic you can't have people panic and have another inquisition because bad things happen when there aren't people to wield magic. Not only that, but an Inquisition now would be more than devastating because everybody in the world can talk to each other now. It was localized last time. I like the idea that the magical community, it isn't just like, hey, we have magic, we can do whatever we want. There's a responsibility that the magic community keeps the world going. Like people think it's all science or whatever, but that's not how the world really stays functioning. Sure, makes sense. Global warming isn't a gas emission problem. Global warming is a fact that there is a decreasing number of magical air elementals that are dying off or whatever. And because of it, the world is starting to manifest problems. Sure, I can get on board with that. I don't know what you think. That's a unique take. I like that. I've never seen that in fiction. I mean, it might exist out there. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. So I'll tell you my thinking behind it, right? There's a reason why the humans have to be like, hey, you magical people, we need to protect you and we also need to keep you around, right? As opposed to, hey, we should have just wiped all of you off the planet when we had the chance, you know, back in the dark ages. But I'm thinking 
in in some fake history, when they did that, the area of Europe we call it a hidden history. Yes, mm -hmm. the an area of Europe suffered like plagues and disasters yeah, and man. things like that because when you expunge magic from an area something bad happens and so the smarter and more enlightened humans were like whoa we all need to live here we need to coexist but clearly we're going to have to now enact a secret rather than just having you live here openly yep so now we've got a treaty sign there's a council that oversees the whole thing magical beings at a high school level this will be the part of i just want to be a teenager versus you have a destiny your bloodline is responsible for maintaining some portion of the world. When you graduate, you're going to go to college and then your job is going to be whatever it is. You're going to go out and you're going to help bolster this part of the world with magic. One of us could have been a family bloodline person that knew this was coming. One of us could have been somebody who had no idea this world existed until they were like a sophomore in high school. Somebody may not have any interest in taking up the family profession. Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stabilize Earth. I'm not interested in dirt. Yeah, like, man, that's a, that's an interesting story yeah, like that, that they could take. Where like I don't want to do this, but I'm like need to do this, and then yeah. just figure out a way to do both at the same time. So we're gonna say that like ecological issues. In the end, we're still just high school students. Yeah, yeah. But this is like your dad is a prominent yeah man earth weaver. Your dad went to Harvard, and he wants you to go to Harvard. And yeah, you know, you're gonna be an earth weaver when yeah. you grow up. Yep. Like I don't care if you want to be in this rock band, young man. You're gonna put that guitar down, and you're gonna like start weaving you some earth. You have a responsibility here. with the with the dad, abilities that you have. I can magic and rock across the country. I yeah, save the planet at the same your time. Life. Where do you come from? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. Thank you. Actually, and I want to highlight this and maybe we'll pull this off as a future episode. But one of the things we're starting to do here is we are testing material. Yes. So yeah. as we are brainstorming and coming up with ideas, what just happened here a second ago was us test driving material. Yeah, I think magic then becomes because of what we just said yeah. to go with this test driving becomes elemental in nature more than anything. Elemental, conceptual, like elemental for sure, right? Yeah. Earth, wind, think, fire, things like I, that. I but, think conceptual is way harder. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally way harder. I just I no, want to be careful I, we don't I, drift too far into like airbending no, no. and stuff. For, he means harder for oh, harder, harder to do. Harder harder to do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. No, like, there's definitely elemental magic, but there's also like like I would say like conceptual magic would be like something that people have a hard time pulling off and people who are very good at it are very rare. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by that, like very sought after and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like the stock market is a magical construct. Sure. It doesn't both like, there's nothing that's ever been real about the stock market. <laughs> and in 1920, in 1920, when the grand wizard of the stock market passed away and they were installing the new one, the stock market crashed. Yeah. Those kind of historical events sure. are now tied to fluctuations in magical power. Yeah, that makes it easy to start building. Yep. If, if it's about swordplay and things like that mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form, which I'm still pretty sold on the whole idea of like oh, magic is cast through, through swordplay in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. There can be some other form of magic if we want to throw it in there in some way, shape, or form. Like There can be more than one magic system. That's fine. But our primary form of magic, the elemental stuff is way easier to pull off. In, with, in that vein, I feel like it's the combat magic that is way easier to do through a medium like swordplay. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Whereas if it's not combat, then you can just kind of like wave your hand, say some shit, whatever. I kind of see a Maybe sword. pull some, some, some stuff out. But like the combat part of it, like you're not throwing fireballs at each other. Yeah, man. Like I have to like do some sort of complicated sword <clears throat> move to like actually throw out a blazing slash of flame. Now, can I, now can I imbue a knife and throw that? Maybe. That's something well, I'm interested let's, in. Let's have a talk here because I'm yeah. also having this thing where it's like, when we get to fencing, like how far off is fencing from other martial arts and things like that? And is it the act of focus and moving your body? Now I'm starting to think like we get like, are we getting close to air, like, you know, bending and I would say no from okay, my perspective. Cool. Like, yeah, there's I'm, something about the actual the, the physical item of the sword that lends itself to channeling elemental energy. No, I, I'm okay with I mean, it. I'm into using the blades as the thing for that, right? No, I, again, I like, I, I think we keep to the thing. So I just, there's a thing where, trope. what's that? I'm, I'm sitting right in. Demon no, I know we're sitting right sitting on that right anime. Demon Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's okay, an so. anime called Demon Slayer that is very much about that. Like these mm -hmm. people use sword techniques to, that are generally infused with elemental whatever. Based on our history of the world here and stuff like that, as we have it so far, I, I want to work in the Y swords so that we have a real good reason for it. So I like the idea that one, it creates focus, right? Having to hold a blade, having to control a blade. And I know, Jerry, you took fencing, right? In college, mm -hmm. like that produces a, a level of concentration. And then... So does Kendo. So does 
all those martial. Yeah, I mean, Kendo's just another form of fencing. Yeah, yeah. all those so, styles that use sword yeah. play. Like looking back on uh, other role playing games that have done swashbuckling stuff, um, there are of course different schools of fencing. There were different schools in Paris of like mm-hmm. fencing during the Musketeer time. Those kinds of things. Can we say that th- there are other foci, other focuses that can be used? But the tradition that kind of carried over with you guys, based on um, where we're setting our game, is derived from kind of a Western Europe swords kind of thing. But like other parts of the world might use staves or something. It, it still is something in their hands. Or it can just be swords, and we'll just come up with a better explanation. I just want to use a katana. Oh, you're going to be that guy. I'm brooding and have my katana. I'm and your trench coat. Brooding. <laughs> I might be brooding. You're a teenager. You're going to brood. Probably. Okay, then I have a better idea. There is a I magical mean, form of sword making. Yeah, I mean, I can help with this too. Like, why is it a sword? The sword is is the, the primary form of magical focus for these mages that grew up doing this stuff. So like, it started in Japan, some of this magic stuff for people. It went over to France with the, the French fencers. I'm perfectly fine kicking it into other like martial weapons, as long as it's always some sort of martial weapon. So here's what I'm thinking. I like, I like that better. Because then there can be the Vikings and, and that thing with like axes and things like that. Like the idea of like spear fighters, that kind of sure, thing. Sure, right? Like Okay. okay. One, mm-hmm. I'm all on that. Two, what if we say that other forms of magic, right, without swords, is actually pretty complicated and requires like a lot of ritual. Yeah. Like, that's, what, that's what Bob was saying. Yeah, like, like you can't just like whip off like a do my homework spell sitting around, Jerry. Complex spells require more area, and so using a sword or something, it's something you, it's difficult to trace with your hand. But if you can get like a six or eight foot swath going, you can do something more with it. That's why weapons become reach. something big. Yeah, reach, reach, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I'm thinking at some point, and I'll make up a thing. But like in the grand thoughts of magic, the way to do magic faster was to use implements, mm-hmm. and you know it becomes the reason why like sword. The sword is the most common implement because name a culture that doesn't have a sword, right? So, like they're very prevalent. For the longest time, it was the best man-made weapon for killing people. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was spear, then it was sword. Like it was that kind of thing. But I'll workshop a little of this in my head, but there'll be like a reason and it won't really affect the game, but it'll make me feel better. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that it was handed down by like some great dragon or I mean, something. I think it matters a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah. I think this martial weapon thing is a great idea. And like, yeah. I think it has something to do with like the metal can hold the hold the magic. And then the motion helps channel the magic. Yeah. I like that idea. Like you can't put it in guns because bullets don't do that. Yeah. yeah, Because the bullet leaves the thing and it's too small. I was going to say, I would really, really like to avoid the guns have magic. Yeah. No guns. Yeah. Yeah. Have magic. Like people can have a gun, but that's not going to work against us because we have magic. And that's, and that's why you could still use a knife to cast small spell. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So like regular magic is large and difficult. It's like rituals. It's like big, you know, big circles in warehouses requires concentration but the way to access elemental magic which is a simpler form of magic is to access it through and i like what jerry said a weapon gives you kind of like a bigger brush mm-hmm. so it's good like you know these things could be accessed and they were used primarily because they are kind of clumsier spells they were used in the way 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 back history for defense for things like that hey man, and the better you get at it then the better you get at it the less movement and the faster you can cast these things with your implement of choice. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the idea that like, like you said, like the metal channels. So somebody who's really good at using like as we under is going to have some serious magic once he gets that spell off. Yeah. It's going to sure. take, take more effort to get that thing going. But although, once it gets going, although I don't know that we want to play that way where weapons actually matter to how much juice you can throw through a spell, because that would then be like, why is the Zwehander person sitting at a D12 where the Katana person is just as good as only at a D10? No, it's not, it's not that. It's, it's what they can do with it because the Zwehander person is not going to be able to move as fast and be able to make as, as intricate Cortex movements. doesn't really account for that, though, as mechanics. Okay. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think it'll just be preference. Like, the idea is that, like, once it, once it was swords, yeah, I think it's different about- cultures, or once it was weapons, cultures were like, oh, this is how we interpret that. Yeah. You know, if you want to use a katana, you can use katana. If you want to use a rapier, you can use a rapier. They all. That's fine. Yeah. I, I can see how it might flavor from a narrative standpoint. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, the Viking with the axe is more of a, a kind of a berserker fury kind of a sure. style. I, I would build the character around that idea then rather than build the weapon around that idea. Yeah. Because Cortex doesn't handle weapons right 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 right, right. Yeah. like the like you're, you're like channeling you're the magic on. through the weapon doesn't matter which weapon it is really but like yeah. you're like i like the the like somebody who's carrying like a dagger is going to have a completely different style correct than someone who's got like a rapier mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. that's an interesting flavor for, yeah. for how the fight goes. But my, my, yeah, I, I agree with flight-wise, but Jerry said something that was very specifically, oh, yeah. in my mind, a mechanical effect. Yep. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense if even if this Weehander guy, like, it, it's the same problem with, uh, there was a game that had the shot clock where you could count down. Oh, if I'm using the dagger and I can attack 12 times before you can attack once with your sweet hander, that's dumb in gameplay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Did, and we did a whole episode on weapon speed weapon like, speed. back in the 150. Well, weapon yeah. speed's a bad mechanic. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Like, and I don't think Cortex supports it. We'd have to make a mod to fit it. Yeah. Which we want. Um, I got to ask a question from mm-hmm. a practicality standpoint in this game. How you guys carry swords around? Is there like a glimmer or something that lets I'm, you hide them? I'm or? putting it in a map case. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can only access this kind of magic from having a sword. You go to high school. You can't be walking into high school with like a sword on your back. I was thinking of hammer space. Cool. This is what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, do you all please, know a spell? Find that. I'm okay with oh, whatever, okay. but I and, thought we were all part of the Kendo in, Club. In, in, in anime, there's like the idea. This actually I think came from cartoons like Rama One Half and Lum, where for no reason the angry girlfriend can only just pull a hammer out of nowhere and whack her boyfriend with it and then put it away. And so for a long time, I might be dating myself. That like nth dimensional ability to pull something out of nowhere was called hammer space. Yeah. And it basically, so the idea, like, you open your cloak and you can pull, you open your cloak and you can pull your sword out of it. The, or, yeah. The better storytelling version of it is that you can basically cast a small spell that opens the pocket dimension, pull, put your hand inside and pull out the weapon. That's the yeah. better storytelling version of it that occurs in anime and mm-hmm. in other, other books and things like that. I'm uh, also perfectly content to not have that be a thing and figure it out. What if it's a thing you can do if you're skilled and us being teenagers who, who, who haven't got a lot of training I haven't figured out how to put my sword in the hidey hole yet. <laughs> well, the, the problem is that works really fine for Mr. Katana Boy, but if somebody wants to carry, you know, a long sword or an axe or something, that's not going to fit in a map case. It's going to be much more difficult to hide it and becomes a mechanical thing that I'm not as excited about. I also need to, from a GMing point of view, if we're going to have spontaneous cool fights on weird places, on bridges, on moving cars, whatever it is for swashbuckling purposes, the ability for you to easily access your sword is better for me. Rather than like, oh, man, I have to go to class. I stashed my sword in a room. Now, like some magical eruption occurs in the courtyard. I got to run to my locker, get my sword, run out to the where you instead, like I run outside. I open up my coat and reach inside Mm -hmm. and pull out my sword. Kind of like I'm thinking now as a practical storytelling thing, like. How do we like I'm fine with the, the hammer space? Hammer, thing. I, I'm, I'm very okay with hammer space. Now how about, but, but how about it actually has to be, you call me Katana boy again, though. I'm kicking you off the show. <laughs> I'm not joking with you. I don't appreciate that. Uh, Just because you're mad. That wasn't you. you can, that wasn't you. That was your character. That's yeah, a difference. That, I don't, we I mean, don't have a character. Is there a side yet. story you want to talk about? That I mean, one? I like Katana's. So I think the thing I want to limit hammer space to is that hammer space is very much just a spell. Well, we're, we won't call it hammer space when I clean this up, yes. but hammer space is a place where you put your sword you can't just put everything in hammer space. Yeah. It's a function of the sword magic itself. And I was thinking that it has to have some sort of portal. So like the map case would be ideal, like a pocket in your coat. You have to have something you can yeah. open in order yes. to get that. You can't just foomp it in midair or maybe at high level magic, you can do that. Cause that'd be kind of cool to look at eventually. And that way everybody would have their own kind of unique little thing in a pinch. You could make it more difficult to pull it out of another portal. Like you're in the middle of a fight and you don't have your coat. So you reach over and open up a jar of pickles and out comes your sword kind of thing, but it still has to be a portal of some sort. I'm liking everything we've got so far. I like this idea that the health of the earth is tied to uh, magic in the area. You are all children that have parents that are part of the magical community. And I'm not specifically tying you to anything because we'll make up concepts, Mm -hmm. but along those lines, you have pressures from your parents in terms of what they're expecting you to fulfill in terms of protecting the earth. You have your high school pressures. We've locked down why weapons are a thing, which I'm fine with because we just want that in the game. Mm-hmm. I just like that we have now a good explanation. I will write a better explanation for it. So many disparate discussions there. I appreciate it getting to a central place. Yeah. No, and it's fine. And it's and I will say this for me. I think other GMs might be different for this and you guys can disagree or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just know from my own personal style, and this has always been true for me, I have trouble running things that I don't have a good logical grasp on because once I have a good logical grasp on something, then I feel very comfortable to improv off of it because I can maintain continuity. Yeah, it's got to have its own internal continuity with with the space. I'm totally fine. Like when we were having the initial discussion, the thing with swords, we want it to be swords. And I was like, cool, we'll just have a reason for that. But we need a reason for it. And it really won't even come up like it'll come up in our setting doc. It's probably not going to be 
a theme in our game. It's just going to be a thing in our game. Like, oh, of course, I access hammer space and we'll come up with a better name for that to grab my sword. I mean, moving to uh, moving to martial weapons is a great idea, too, especially sure, metal yeah. metal infused ones, because metal is part of the earth. Yes. Which means I guess you could do wood, too, but it's probably holds less magical energy because it's not as dense. I like that. Mm-hmm. Or it can't channel as much energy without the material stressing out and blowing. And the reason I like um, I'll say the other reason I like this is it moves us away from a Western Europe centric idea mm-hmm. to all cultures have martial weapons um, and all cultures participate in, in this. And it's fine for your characters to have Western European weapons, but it just says that like the rest of the world also is doing this mm-hmm. in all different forms with different weapons and things like that. I just want to hold a guitar. I'm really some I'm really okay with formative that. stuff bounce around maybe, my brain. Maybe a, maybe mm-hmm. a Dow. And you go full uh, anime and just go for um, the big one. No. No. Like, you just access the seven-foot... No. The Nodachi? Yes. The yeah. one my dad made. Maybe when I power up and I need to, like, pull out a big spell, I'll just pull the Nodachi out of hammer space. I'm See, seven. Jerry, there you go. That's... there. Yeah. There's a cool way to do your big spell. Like, well, you gotta, you can only use it once because it'll burn it out, but, you know, pull it out of hammer space. Oh, you got another weapon. I gotta ask you guys oh a question. Oh, my qu- God, that's a cool idea. I gotta, so. I gotta ask you guys a question. Oh, now that actually is... Um, your Zwee-hander. Just like, oh, let me pull my Zwee-hander out of, out of hammer space. I don't space. want a Zwee-hander. I was just thinking of, of like... I'm just... Size Sorry. matters. Go ahead. Sorry. In terms of being teenagers and weapons and style and things like that among you magical teenagers is there a thing about what your sword looks like is your sword gifted to you from your family do you create it yourself where does your sword come from and what does it tell and i'm and i'll tell you what i'm thinking about as i'm gonna let bob jump in, in a second but i'm thinking of like kylo ren's lightsaber is like jacked up without saying it out loud it's like this guy's not quite right Look at his lightsaber. It's sputtering and hissing. It's like he's unbalanced and so is it. My gut instinct is that you create it. Your creation is influenced by where you come from or or what you think and feel. Can we say that age 17 is when you're old enough to perform the ritual that casts your personal sword? Personal weapon. Personal weapon. Personal weapon. Okay. It doesn't have to be quite 17, but we had yeah. said we wanted to play like 17 to 18 year olds. Mm-hmm. But this may explain why like freshman kids aren't running around yeah. with martial weapons yes. is that there is a ceremony in a family <clears throat> setting or something. You perform this ritual to create your first weapon and it's an expression of who you are. It, it can't exactly be that a family thing because there are people who spontaneously manifest magic. I was just going to say that that it could also be some people will do that. And then some people, much like when your mutant gene activates for the first time, some kind of moment of stress and all of a sudden, holy shit, why am I holding an axe? Like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> oh, in times of danger, all of a sudden I was wielding this aluminum bat. I have no idea why. I like that. All right. But there is a ritual. But yes, for yes. the spontaneous people, it can just happen. Sometimes there's a part of me that wants to now just wield a, a magic aluminum bat. Yeah, right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> ping, it says some, ping. but I guess the other part is, and this is the team, know, and right? this is the high school part. It says your weapon says something about you. Absolutely. I like the idea of there being a family ritual. I just, it doesn't work for the the thing that we set up. Well, maybe the ritual is that they just help you. Maybe it's less of a ritual and more like a birthday party. Yeah. Kind I'm, of like I'm a coming of age thing. Yeah. Coming yeah, of I'm, age. It's, it's your quinceanera. Like, yeah. You know, there's interesting storytelling tropes of like somebody who manifests their blade younger or somebody. Sure. Yeah. There's always anomalies or somebody who manifests their blade in a family that doesn't have a, that that doesn't have a magical tradition or vice versa. Correct. How come you don't manifest your blade? Hmm. Maybe you just don't have the magic Mm -hmm. character, character forming in my head. My character concept that I was talking about last night is firmly going to be played out in this game. Perfectly. (laughs) He's got, he's got dad problems. Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That was the whole concept is like, he, wants his dad to be proud of him he just needs to be okay with who he is oh yeah we can totally play that yeah like that's gonna that's not i mean especially because we've picked high school that's mm-hmm. real easy for real us easy. To, your dad's like a wizard of finances or something like that i was thinking more like he's like a wizard who really works with the magical community to do the right things yeah and he's bit like one of the more powerful people like on the whatever the council is and sure. things like that and i'm just like no I, I mean like i want to be that but i'm not really like that that's not really what i am that's you dad that's not me i, I don't even be like that because i'm like i want to be that but i'm just not that oh okay which, is, always... which is even more dramatic yeah oh i'm okay like i said i need to be okay with who i am yeah 
We'll put some safety nets around. We'll, we'll get some safety going. Sure. Okay. So I think we've got a good handle on the. Uh, I have a good high level piece. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you now some. Now we're going to dive in a little. Going into Jason Pitt's four structures, mm-hmm. one of my favorite um, concepts. We know the system. This is a Cortex Prime game that we're going to we're going to add some mods on mm-hmm. uh, in an upcoming episode. Our high level setting. I think we now have a, a good handle on. I'm going to do some work and actually write up some stuff to flesh it out and give organizations names and and things like that. But I now have like some cool pieces to grab onto. So I would like to ask, what is the situation of this game? What are you as players? What are we doing session to session in this game? So we're learning. That's one of the things. Learning how to fit into the magical world, especially like the how do we help the magical world persist in the way that it's persisting we're also teenagers so we're rebelling against whatever structure they're being put on us by everything potentially yes um, i mean if that's what you're interested in i my character wasn't I don't know i don't I mean my character's not interested in that because my character wants to be like my dad i don't know how to play a teenager this is gonna be fun yeah because <laughs> you never were a teenager really pretty much yeah yeah well so week to week so we're sitting down i want you to imagine we're sitting down to play the game am i running three kind of stories about your character's Doing stuff at school. No, man, there's a meta plot of some something okay. is going wrong. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Like there's something that is affecting whatever, wherever we're at. I'm also perfectly happy if you want to use Buffalo, New York. Well, we'll get to location in a yeah. second. Yeah. But there's something affecting the environment around us. And like as part of our training, whoever our our teacher is in the magical arts, part of our training is to go out and deal with the symptoms of this problem that keeps arising. They're supposed to be simple training exercises and they end up being way worse a lot of the times. They started as simple training exercises. And you start to discover a pattern. Yeah, there's something that's going on that is affecting the the environment around us in a negative way. Because that's what we do, right? We're supposed to protect the environment. Okay. So I mean, we're essentially magical eco-warriors in some ways. Yeah. We're getting there. Magical eco Magical eco-warriors. Arise. Bob's okay. got axes up on, on his screen over here. Magical eco-warriors arise sounds like a, a Fox Teen show. Yeah, it does. So with that, we've got a meta plot. We've got something's going wrong, which means there's... A bit of mystery. There's confrontation. There's probably bad guys of some sort involved. Mm-hmm. With which to fight. Uh, yes. with, with which to fight. Because action will be how we solve our problems straight in this up, game. Straight up a shonen. We're playing a shonen anime. It's fine. It's fine. That's fine. We're, you know, we're pushing this all together into one big, into one big uh, squishy, fun thing to play. Interspersed into that is then our high school teen drama components. Like, yes, you guys have to solve this thing, but there's a big dance on Friday night as well. And you have dates. Yeah. Like, okay. So mix in the high school. We'll have romantic problems. We'll have, of course, you know, problems with our parents, problems with our friends, problems where we don't talk to each other when we should. Oh, because that's a teen trope. I was just going to ask you, like, yeah. so there'll be some miscommunications among you guys, oh, yeah. some rash decisions. That's like I run off and do this myself. Yeah. Just be embarrassed about things that you shouldn't be embarrassed about. Anytime where anytime the answer is, oh, we should talk about this. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ooh, we could get plot points for doing that. We could make a thing where we could, when what? we get to mods, play like a character in a Robert Jordan novel. Just never talk about things that are important. Correct. That's not. Exactly I mean, that trope true. is that trope is huge in drama. Like just yeah. as a for instance, those kids are all kids. The number of so times, the number of times I've been watching Lucifer, mm-hmm. where there's something wrong with Lucifer, and it's like, well, why don't you just go talk to his brother, who's an angel? Like yeah. a Menadiel would know what to do here, or at least could be more helpful. But no one thinks to talk to a Menadiel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that that's a trope in, in, in adult com in adult stories also. That the whole point is that miscommunication makes for better drama. Oh, absolutely. If if all you ever did was communicate well with each other, you'd have far less drama. Yeah. Yes. Except when it comes to adults, it's there's very little excuse for it. When it comes to kids mm-hmm. that don't understand like how to talk to each other, that's different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm picturing in my head how I'm going to, like, what I'm going to present on a given night. So I'm seeing, like, there's a problem, there's some bad guys, there'll be some fighting, but sometimes I'm going to mix in a large thing, like a dance. Other times it's going to be things like each of you are going to have breakout dramatic scenes or, you know, scenes with, you know, that also reflect your teen life. Yes. Okay, cool. No, that's good. That's good. This helps me like determine how I'm going to structure, at, you know, what I'm writing. Whatever your counsel is that helps like manage this whole magical world thing, my dad's part of it. Oh, I hundred percent. That way, you have a very easy in for yeah. how to bring that yes. part of the, the world into the game. Yep. Let's talk about location. Yes, location, location, location. Um, we of course can do Buffalo. I'm um, fine with that. I think Buffalo would be fun. We're playing in the buff. No, it's fine. Buffalo's. You know, I'm familiar with this place, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to magical worlds. There's a lot in Western New York that lends itself towards magical shit. I would like to reference this as uh, 2020X. 
Let me ask this question, because I've asked this in all my recent games that have modern settings. Was COVID a thing? I'm fine with COVID having been a thing. Okay. Yeah, let me tell you there was a magical reason for it, right? Of like, course. Yeah. Sure. Okay. As long as we're in the post-COVID times. No, well, that's fine. That's, let's cover that. Right? We? So we're, we're in... I would like to be in the post-COVID, post-COVID. times. Yeah, I would love to be in the post-COVID times. Yeah, I think we all would like to be. Well, and again, this is why this is our 2020X, right? Mm-hmm. So are we comfortable saying that, like, COVID was a thing, it happened... But now, like, we don't have to worry about, like, is there masks at the prom or anything like that? Like, you guys are just doing your thing now. Yeah, man. All right. So we'll call it a post-COVID time. And the reason I bring this up is, like, for instance, in our Knights Black Agents game, we chose to play uh, a non-COVID version of history. Yeah. Yeah. We just were like, this show was filmed in 2019. So Buffalo, it is post-COVID times. We won't really, I'm not going to hammer on years. It's approximately yeah. now. Cool. All right. So uh, I had here, what kind of elements do we want in the setting? But I think we got a lot of that now. Because we're going to have uh, magic, elemental magic tied to weapons. So we know we're going to have combat. And this will be a thing when we get into mods for swashbuckling purposes. You guys are pretty tough. We're going to have to go into the mods looking to how to make you guys pretty tough. Okay. What is the martial magic? How does it manifest? Like at the end of a maneuver with your sword, what does that magic look like? That's a good question. I feel like there's two different things going on. One is the actual physical combat. Like if you're going sword to sword, the blades are like wreathed in energy and, and they're hitting each other and like energy's coming off of them, shit like that. And then there's, you're 20 feet away from the guy and you're like, wah, you know, like, you know, do a thing. And Is that a thing? That's what, what I'm seeing in my mind. No, so how does everybody else feel about it? Yeah, what does that look like? <clears throat> are you just like sheathing swords and weapons and creating rock armor or, you know, air defenses or whatever around you or... Are these things manifesting to look like things? What do you think? What do the special effect directors say here? I am not sure. I know what I would pick, but I'm more than open to listening to what everybody else has to say. I'm not like 100% married to any idea. That's why. Share one idea. I just like the fact that you draw a sword and you start fighting with it. Like you're building up elemental energy that you can then use to create other effects. Like what? If my primary element that I am like utilizing is wind, then at some point it'll let me create an aspect for like enhanced mobility. Like I can actually use my wind to like help me like move around, fly a little bit, things like that, jump farther, but then it becomes a trait on the table that is like a D8 or whatever. Or, okay, my sword is now wreathed in flame, right? And my special effect then, if, if I'm primarily a fire, so go with me with these mechanics for a second. Yeah. Like my sword is now wreathed in flame. D8 fire sword is on the table now, which then like my special effect is like, oh cool, I can like expel that as a blast across space, which means like, That'll get popped up to a D10 or it can be split into two D8 and then it's gone. And then yeah. I have to rebuild the energy. And I think there'll be some custom mods around this. I have a... Um, That's my thought because that kind of combines I, I what like you were th- saying. I like the thought of that. What about uh, for non-combat sure. uses? So, so, well, for non-combat uses, it's a completely different kind of magic. Explain non-combat uses. Non-energy blast, non, non-attacking, non-defense. Non-attacking or non-defense? You mean like outside of like we're Out- not throwing down with each other? Yeah. Bob said it earlier, but it's like ritual magic. Still okay. using the sword, the weapon? No. Or not using the weapon at all? Not using the weapon not, at all. No, I was. Thinking, I want to know what Jerry. I, I'm talking about magic outside of combat. I.e., not using the weapon. Can you use the weapon outside of combat to you to cast spells? That's what I'm getting at. Like, what if you're late from the bus and need to jump like across yeah, the? Like when you when you guys said when you guys said magic magic urban fantasy, I was thinking other spell stuff, not just sword fighting. Okay, so way back when I was proposing what my thoughts were on this this mm-hmm. weapon thing was that the weapons help you channel the magic better than just trying to do certain shit by hand. Mm-hmm. Combat is way easier with the weapon, but I would think that you should be able to do something using your weapon as the focus. Sure, man. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, if you were, if you're primarily, like, your primary element is fire, like, oh, got to start a campfire. Let me pull out my sword real quick. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of late to class. I need, or I'm kind of late to school. I need to get to the bus, pull out my sword to give myself a quick boost of speed after I do a form real quick. Yeah. That's fine. I'm fine with that, but that's not what the big stuff is. The big magic is either fighting or the big magic is ritual stuff. That's, sure. that's what my vision okay. was. Jerry's got to fit. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to slip too much into over the top anime. Like all it is is just sword fighting all the time. Sword fighting and magic. I want other. I want to be doing other things besides just sword fighting with my magic. Give I some examples. No so, oh, okay, that's what the ritual <laughs> stuff is for. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you still have access to the ritual magic. Oh, okay. It's not like you can't do that stuff. It's just not using your weapon to do it necessarily. Mm-hmm. I guess what's missing is, let's say you were late for school. The bus is pulling away, and you're like running behind the bus. I need a burst of speed to get to the bus. Right right now, the way we're talking about it, you would need your sword. Like you would pull out your sword, you'd make a couple moves and, you know, 
do a wind jump. Yeah, like the wound jump thing where you you know you jump or forward you, with your sword. Or, you yeah. know, you just give yourself like a boost of like wind behind you to carry you through the air. For sure, a bit, yeah, right? sure. But what I'm saying is elemental magic. If right. you want to do it fast. But what I'm saying is the piece of magic we're missing is like the bus is pulling away. You can't just like hold up your hands for a second and create a burst of wind. Like it requires the sword to come out. But if you were home and you were like your dad's like make sure that lawn's clear of leaves before you go out and you're like. Yeah, I'm not raking that. And you like go sit. You like you go, you go sit, sit in your for room five minutes, and then you yeah, yeah and you cast. You pull, out, a, you pull out your ritual, your ritual magic. You draw your circle. You put up your your accoutrement, and then five minutes later, you create a gust of wind that carries all the leaves off your lawn. Yeah, what it takes away is it takes away the middle piece, which is the non-sword small magic. You can either do complicated ritual magic that takes a little while, like scene based, mm-hmm. and then there's turn magic, but you need your sword to do turn magic. Okay. Are we okay with that? That sounds good. I mean, we're just sitting firmly in the Dresden Files between evocation and thaumaturgy. That's fine. Those two kinds of magic cover every magic. Later when we get into mods, we'll need mods to, we'll need to talk about um, mods that are going to cover how we're going to do magic. Mm -hmm. We will need uh, probably a custom mod, which will be fun because we'll get to build one. We'll need a custom mod to cover how to take stuff from the sword, like from sword play and charge it up. I have something we can model, but I think we'll make something similar but different for it because i have something like that in another cortex game i created called solar rangers but it it starts pre-charged i'm not convinced at this point without going through the mods that we'll need a custom one to do it'll depend on mechanically how we'd like it to feel as chris was describing it he was describing it with some very mechanical pieces and if we can do it without a custom mod that's great but if we literally want to have a certain effect in the game we are well within our scope to build a custom mod yeah it's really hard to figure out how to do a thing if you don't have an idea of the thing that you want to do, Jerry. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you can explain the thing, then we can probably figure it out. But if you don't, if you're like, I just want to be able to cast magic willy-nilly whenever I want, then we're kind of like in a way over the top I guess I'm thinking world. Of, we're trying to find a, a, something hidden in the room. Can we use our swords to weave a spell in the air to suddenly be able to get better observation, that kind of thing? Only if you have the conceptual magic to do something like that. But okay. that is not what we were discussing before with our, our magic. Because the quicker magic is mostly elemental based, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you can't like pull out a couple of crystals, sit down and like cast a spell or stand up and like cast a spell. It'll take a little, it'll take a few minutes, but okay. that's still not, I'm open right. to my third eye. I mean, the one to me in D&D terms, like the thing that's missing is like continual light. You can do continual light, but you got to like pull out the sword, do a few moves and then like, boom, your sword's glowing. Or pull out a crystal. Or sit down and wait a couple minutes. Yes. But what I'm talking about, the piece that you're missing is like, you walk into a room, it's dark, and somebody's like, boom, globe of light, and like, you know, lets it loose in the room. Yeah. Now, if you were a fire aspect, you used to pull out your sword and do that, right? Yes. Yeah. Also, which... Or lightning aspected. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It all works. Like, there's probably a lot of room for using our elemental weapons or whatever, our our weapons to... I'm going to generate some energy, I'm going to use it to do X. But you have to be clever, then, about how you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. there's not just a like you know, open my third eye unless we have a thing that can advance ourselves to acquire magic like that but then that's why you have a thing like ritual magic which can do pretty much anything it just takes a little longer it's good for us to talk about that because we do actually have to have some internal logic as we play out our scenes of how magic works because it doesn't actually map to anything in the real world correct right so in part of my job of writing up our setting document i will have a section of it on magic and I will try to encapsulate the things that we said. And then, you know, you guys can review it and help me, punch, you know, punch it up, fix it, that kind of thing. Because then that will help us when we go into mods. And then after we do the mods, we'll make sure that those two line back up. Yeah. Then we have to talk about how these characters can potentially advance and get stronger. Uh, yeah, that's actually a mod. One of the mods, yeah. <laughs> that's a mod. We're going to have to talk about advancement. Can, can you add extra bits of elemental energy to your, to your like, repertoire? Like, can you add concepts to your repertoire to cast spells more like what Jerry's talking about? Yeah, how, like, I mean, again, this will go to... It's the thing, we're teenagers, right? We're not good at this yet. There's yeah, probably yeah. people out there that can do exactly what you're talking about, but just not yes. us. Yeah, yeah, and, and part of what we'll have to get into is, as we build our mods, is how does magic work as mods? We'll get into that when we get into our mods discussion. Yeah. I feel like I have a nice chunk of information to start making up a thing. Give organizations names, make up some fake history do a couple of the things about tying certain disasters to certain magical, hidden magical events, the stock market crash, the Black Plague, things like that, and help build up the logical framework for how this world operates. And then into it, having talked about what you guys would expect to see in a session, I have a better idea of the kind of story I need to tell for it. 
how do you guys feel at this point? I want to play the game. Yes. But that's me. Well, that's good. We're going to play the game. We got to first build the game. Yeah. If you build it, we can play it. Alexander, how do you feel? You didn't say anything. That was pretty good. I'm still trying to guess what my character is going to be. I've got to, I've got to think about character concepts and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And the good part is we still have a little time for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in overall, like the overall general concept. Oh, I think the general concept is going to be great. Okay. Yeah. Good. Again, for our listeners, the thing I'm doing here is I'm, I'm now going around doing check-ins. I'm going to check in with Bob in just a minute to confirm, but I want to make sure that everybody is, um, we're all in the same place before we kind of conclude this brainstorming session. Uh, Chris's statement about he's ready to play means that I'm taking that as like what we have here. You're very good with. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Bob, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is good. So my takeaway from this is to write a probably three to five page setting document. This will not have any cortex pieces in it. This will just be a little bit of history, a little bit of what the world is like today, a thing about magic and probably something about what it's like to be a magical teenager. Mm -hmm. And then I will put that together to share with you guys. If you guys like it, then that's kind of the beginning of our framework that I will use to build everything else out from. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. In our next uh, episode, our next time we sit at the table to play, we will be doing mod selection and that will, uh, that will take us across a good chunk of the cortex book as we go through mods for a variety of things, just as a teaser things for what are the character traits? How are we going to do combat damage? How will we express magic in this game? And as Chris also hinted, how do these characters advance? All of those things are covered by mods. And so we'll be bouncing around the book talking about mods and eventually what we're going to build is a list of mods and that will then lead us to the third section where we'll actually do a session zero and make some characters all right thanks everyone for joining us at the table i've been your gm dna phil and our players oh my logan jerry um chris and thank you everybody for listening if you'd like more content like this you can just check it out at misdirectedmark.com that's our website we have tons of content from a variety of shows and if you want even more, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMP, where we have hundreds of bonus episodes and a bunch of other content. Speaking of the Patreon, let's thank a few patrons. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, GM Gerrymander, the Lord of the After Show, Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard, and our newest Royal Court member, Lars Henrik Evgen, who does not have a title yet, but will be getting one very soon. Continuing on, Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph Knoll, Carlos Heptalema, Michael Draper, Kubanu, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Richard Wyatt, Joseph Peralta, J.T. Evans, Brian Kurtz, my Brett, not actually my Brett, but somebody's Brett, Chris Steele. Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. Thank you so much for being our patrons. Those aforementioned shows include Pandas Talking Games, The Gnomecast, Bonus Experience, and Thaco with Advantage. If you'd like to leave us some feedback about this show, you can reach us directly using email at mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also go to Twitter at misdirectedmark. That's where you can get the entire network directly. If you'd like to talk to somebody individually, at Robert M. Emerson for Bob, at DNA Phil for Phil, at GM Jerry Matter for Jerry, and at the Light 101 for me, Chris. This has been a Misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop, we out.